The Crawford Stand. This week, the president of Crawford Broadcasting Company, Don Crawford, has more to say about what could be characterized as one of the great effects of the COVID pandemic. He calls it the Great Resignation. To be called of God to the pastorate may be perhaps the highest calling there is. It really is an honor, a privilege, a leading, a call for a lifetime of a very special service to Jesus of Nazareth, the Christ of glory. No higher call, in my opinion. It really is a call from which anyone, having put the hand to the plow, should never turn back. Uh, That is, if you are truly called. That person, that pastor, should never, ever think about quitting. But then came a disturbing survey conducted by the respected Barna Group and its president, David Kinnaman, which found through its survey that half, unbelievable, half of U.S. Protestant clerics consider leaving the pulpit. Wow. Can you believe that? Again, Half, says the Barna survey, half of U.S. Protestant clerics consider leaving the pulpit. If that survey is accurate, one out of two Protestant pastors in the United States, one out of two, yours perhaps, are considering resigning from the pulpit. Not the church, not that specific church, but the pulpit itself, out of the ministry, away from the calling to be a pastor. That is a startling and really disturbing fact, is it not? Again, assuming it is accurate. 8.7 million Americans resigned their jobs in August and September of last year. That is a staggering number. And if one out of two Protestant pastors do, in fact, actually resign, that would indeed be the great spiritual resignation, would it not? The great spiritual resignation. The Barna survey says that a major contributor is the pandemic. That, says President Kinnaman of the Barna Group, became for pastors a real game changer. Congregations wore masks. They were required to comply with social distancing requirements and remained six feet apart. Congregations were subject to testing. And even in some states, in-person church services were prohibited. Many churches and pastors were, according to their leaders, persecuted, persecuted, and unfairly treated. Such has occurred so often in California, New York, New Jersey, and other states. The COVID scare caused many parishioners to avoid church altogether, not to go in person and be content with things online or with other in-person substitutes. Ah, it was indeed a dark day for that institution, the church, that place where those who sought to worship Jesus Christ once gathered. And as a result, so many pastors drawn to personal ministry, in-person ministry, experienced a deep and disturbing sense of isolation. The spirit of the live church could never be replicated online, never. There was no live singing. No praise, no choirs to thrill the hearts of those in the pews. There were no spiritual hugs, no personal sharing. The Internet said so many pastors conveyed mechanical words and pictures, only without sensory experiences. It was, for so many pastors, 
one out of two, a dark and sterile day for them and the church. Pastors who formerly felt the working of the Holy Spirit now found themselves unavoidably becoming online content creators and, in addition, video producers, for which many were not trained, nor were they motivated to learn or do so. The content so often was missing spiritual dynamic, the personal, the spirit, the soul, the sensory experiences of the live church at work, all of that was missing and could never ever be replicated virtually and remotely and online. Even as much of the spirituality of the institutional church was missing, so it was in the hearts and souls of so many pastors. It was not they felt the ministry to which they were originally called. Perhaps not. And that gave rise to this newfound sense of isolation. Isolation. And that led to very tangible feelings of deep desire for resignation. They began to lose the commitment which the original twelve disciples of Jesus Christ had. They began to lose the never-quit spirit of the Damascus Road encounter of the Apostle Paul. The virtual world of ministry, according to the Barna survey, was not acceptable to as many as one out of two Protestant pastors. And that, of course, includes evangelical pastors. They were called, these pastors said, to the live pulpit ministry, to the in-person ministry, and not to become TV stars and actors online. There was also the ever-rising financial requirements of the institutional church. Many pastors had little business experience and no aptitude for fundraising. But church budgets increased, and some did so dramatically. The costs of running the ministries and maintaining the facilities of the institutional church continued to grow to the point where the demand for finances, for fundraising, became a major priority of a pastor's job description. More demand was made on regular tithing. In addition, fundraising occurred for the expansion of church ministries and special projects, especially missionary endeavors. As the church grew, so did the demand for larger and better facilities, current and state-of-the-art. Those financial demands dulled the spiritual vitality of the pastors, so they said. Big was better. Size mattered. The financial changes were radical, and in the minds and hearts of so many pastors made ministry that much more difficult. That was not for which they were called, so they said. And they began to develop what the Barna Group survey called the church consumer culture. The church consumer culture. Even as in the economic world, the consumer ruled, and what the consumer wanted or demanded was the way things were, so it began to be the same with the church. So many congregants came to church to get more than give. That parishioner became demanding requiring catering to wants and needs, much more theologically critical, running the church with proactive boards of directors, making decisions which so often conflicted with the calling of the pastor. So they said. Catering became more prevalent than convicting and communicating. 
and me became more important than him. And divisions came so often. Congregations split. New churches were found, and the former church suffered. The leadership of the pastor, the respect for the pastor's credibility, for the pastor's calling, for the once dynamic spiritual ministry, that waned and waned considerably. Many pastors failed to exercise that leadership or allowed themselves to be subjected to the wishes and whims of an ever-growing demanding congregation. And so began to arise the feeling of frustration and the consideration of the great resignation, the quit no matter the calling, the pandemic, the virtual world, all things online, slowly but surely produce this change, this sometimes radical change. And slowly but surely, these fundamental changes affected the sense of calling which these pastors once had. So they said. So many did not have the spiritual muscle of the Apostle Paul, or the Twelve Disciples, or so many others of the old original church, and they were ready for the great resignation. So many were unable to take the stand, to stand up for what they believed was right, what they knew was their calling, what they knew God would have them do. And these pastors succumbed to the pressures of the new consumer culture, which began affecting the church in so many ways. You can see it in so many churches today. The institution dominated the leader. So many pastors lost the ability to say no. No, it's not right, it's not me, it's not my calling. And in time, a pandemic culture two years old and more ever-growing took over. One out of two began to seriously consider becoming a part of the great American resignation. One out of two pastors. Is that yours? Is your pastor considering resigning? Moving on? Would be good to know, wouldn't it? The bright flame of the call of Jesus Christ began to burn out. The views expressed here on the Crawford Stand are those of the speaker. And when you want to review what you hear, go to our website, CrawfordMediaGroup.net. The Crawford Stand is a public affairs presentation of Crawford Media Group and this station. For God and Country, I'm Bill McCormick.